Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His words so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What distinguishes a Christian from an unbeliever is that I have the Spirit of God in me. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit comes in me at salvation and then illuminates the Word of God, makes it alive to me, gives me direction and the power to live the life. Now, if you're not a Christian tonight, and we'll explain more of that at the end, it doesn't have anything to do with what church you came from. But if you're not a Christian tonight, you're an unbeliever and you do not have the Holy Spirit in you. We must know the author of the Bible to be able to understand its words. The book will mean nothing to us without a relationship with Jesus Christ, God's Son. King Solomon gained the wisdom that he had because he had this relationship with God. We too can become wise if we seek God with our whole heart and read the book he gave to us. Pastor Mark will ask us if we have a right relationship with God today. This is the key to understanding the writings from Solomon in the book of Proverbs. The truly wise person is the one who fears the Lord. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5, for our continuing study entitled, It's Time to Wise Up. If any of you, what? Lacks wisdom. He should ask, Dear Abby, Miss Oprah, don't go to Oprah. She's nothing but total new age today. Ungodly from the core up. Wonderful woman. Ungodly stuff on her show. Didn't start that way. That's the way it is today. You say, well, Pastor Mark, why are you slamming all these things? Because you'll be deceived if you start down those paths. The things she has on there are new age. They are not godly. Not only her, there's many others. We have to be very careful. doesn't mean you find, not find some wise things in her show, for sure. But the core of it is not God. The core of it is humanism. Man is God. That's wrong. That ends in death. So it says here, you can't ask really ungodly people. You have to ask God, the one who has all wisdom. Who may or may not give to you, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. What does will be given to him mean? It means if you ask in faith, God's going to give. That's a promise from God. Now, when he gives the wisdom, you may still not understand it, but he's going to give it. And eventually, looking back, many things begin to make sense. Sometimes you have to wait to look back. Often that happens in our lives. And sometimes God gives us wisdom and he says, no. (laughs) I don't like that. But I look back at my life and I'm glad God said no many times. 
At the moment, I didn't like it. But he said, no, it's not for you. Later, it proved true. Now, not only does God want to give us his wisdom, but he's given us his word, and then he's given us someone, turn to John chapter 16, he's given us someone to illuminate the word of God. God has given us his word and the Holy Spirit to provide us wisdom. The whole Bible is God's mind to us. It's a roadmap of life. It's a concentrated Proverbs is simply a concentrated, practical book of wisdom. It's very practical, like the book you were just in, the book of James. In the Old Testament, the practical book is Proverbs. In the New Testament, the practical book is James. It's very similar. Now, John 16, 13. This is speaking about the Holy Spirit, if you need to write it outside the verse there. But when he, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, When he comes, and the Holy Spirit came after Jesus went back to heaven, then the Holy Spirit came down. When you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit moved inside of you. If you're a Christian tonight, you have God living in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is God. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit living in them. So he says the Holy Spirit comes. When he comes to live inside of you, you read the rest of that verse, just the, just the first few words there. What does he say he's going to do when he comes inside you? He's going to guide me into what? Is it important that he guides me into truth? You mean there's untruth? All over. So, what that means is that when we've come to this book of Proverbs, some things are very important. Let's review them. Get them in your mind. Don't allow Satan to say that's not true. Number one, God is all wisdom. There isn't anything he doesn't know. Number two, he loves us, his children. He wants to give us wisdom. He doesn't want us to run through life blind. He wants us to know how to do life. He tells us to ask of him. If you read on in James, it says, ask and don't doubt. Believe he's going to give it to you. And then you say, well, Pastor Mark, how am I going to get that wisdom? Well, first of all, he's given us his mind. This is the God. This is the word of God. And then he's put God himself through the person of the Holy Spirit in us who authored the book. So as we go through this, here's what happens. The Holy Spirit illuminates. It's like the verse comes alive to you. It, It just... It's what hits your heart. And many of you talked to me after a service. And recently there was someone here and he just got administered to him during the service. And he left. He says, I never come here before, but it was like he was speaking right to me. Well, God is speaking right to you. I'm not speaking. I don't even know some of you. But God's speaking right to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. And what he's trying, you say, that verse as we go through, that verse will just jump out at us. Well, you know, we don't jump up and go, I got it, I got it, I got it. We'd be junking jacks the whole crazy service. So we don't do that. But it, it's just as if that happened to you. It, it just comes alive to you. Well, who illuminated that for you? The Holy Spirit. So this is exciting. Now turn to one more passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, just forward a few books toward the back. There's something very important you need to see in verse 12 and verse 14. 
chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, as the Holy Spirit illuminates things for us, there is a problem. And here's the problem. Verse 12. This is speaking about Christians. We have received the Spirit. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. And who is that Spirit? That's the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, you automatically get the Holy Spirit inside you. And he's there to guide you, there to do many things, comfort and direct and whatever, but certainly to guide us and illuminate the word. That, and he comes in us that we may understand what God has freely given us. So he also not only gives us wisdom, but he kind of shows us how we got saved. You can't brag about your salvation because it was given to you free. And the Holy Spirit reminds you of that. You think you're good? Let's see how good you were yesterday. Could you have earned your salvation? Whoops. So he just reminds us, so we can't be proud people. If I was addressing those individuals from that school, I wouldn't address them, you know, in that homosexual kind of thing. I would address them as, man, you need to find God because he's just changed my life. I wasn't any more worthy than you. I was a sinner just exactly like you, just different sins. Just exactly like you, just different sins. But God changed my life. You can't earn it. You will never be good enough. But now look in verse 14. Key verse, the man without the spirit. Now, who is that? Who is the man or the woman without the spirit? Just put above that word, all unbelievers. All unbelievers. You see, what distinguishes a Christian from an unbeliever is that I have the spirit of God in me. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit comes in me at salvation and then illuminates the Word of God, makes it alive to me, gives me direction and the power to live the life. Now, if you're not a Christian tonight, and we'll explain more of that at the end, it doesn't have anything to do with what church you came from. But if you're not a Christian tonight, you're an unbeliever and you do not have the Holy Spirit in you. Now you say... Well, does that impact us at all? Yes, they can be brilliant scientists. They can be, it doesn't have anything to do with the mind. It has to do with the heart. It has to do with the real you, the spirit part. Let's read on. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. And he, here's the part you need to definitely circle. He cannot understand them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. So the person that is not a Christian, unbelievers, they cannot grasp the spiritual truths of God's word. Any of the truths. When we talk about the cross, it doesn't make a bit of sense to them. When we talk as we go through the book of Proverbs, in an intellectual viewpoint, they can understand some things. Like if you, if you sleep with a prostitute, you're going to have trouble. They could understand that. They don't understand the spiritual aspect. They would go back from the aspect, well, it could break up my marriage. I could get HIV. You know, those kind of common sense. But they don't understand at all the spiritual part where in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're going to take your body and join it to a harlot? They don't get that. It, what are you talking about? So an unbeliever, as we go through the things of God's word, they don't get it. They do not understand it. It's simply foolishness to them because they're living a life really without God. They're living a life without God. They're going their own direction. 
So that's why this is very important that you understand this. As you guys are here and you're sitting in your seats, maybe there's some unbelievers. For sure there's unbelievers here tonight. Well, when you go through a service and things are making sense to you, and it just, you know, your eyes are lighting up and neat things are happening, you know, the person next to you is saying, can't wait to get out of here, have that double latte, and I'm going to have a hamburger, man, I'm going to have fries of that sucker, and it's going to be salt. And Man, I'd, I'd like a hot fudge sundae to end up with, you know, really. Is, it, is this thing over yet? And you're going, man, this is the greatest thing I've heard, man, probably this is going to be so exciting for me. And they're going, nice service. And you say, well, how can that be? Because the unregenerated person, the things of God mean no sense to them. It doesn't add up. Why would you come when you could be doing a million things and sit here for an hour and a half? I mean, that's full. You get to read the book at home, tape it. Now, tapes are good. It's not the same as being here, is it? It's not the same. Because when we're here, the family of God's here and the Spirit's moving. I mean, the Spirit moves through tapes. Plenty of people get through saved through tapes. But it's just different. So they don't get it. By the way, they will never get it. So what do we do for them? Do we don't invite them? No, you invite them. Here's what you pray. Just write this down. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. You, you pray for them to have their eyes opened. And I'm not talking about, you know, you're going to have LASIK surgery. I'm talking about their spiritual eyes. That they would have them opened. Now... When we see that, an unbeliever cannot do life right. Doesn't mean they're bad people in many senses, but they cannot do life right like God directs them to. They cannot. Absolutely cannot. Now, turn with me if you will. Second Kings. You're in Kings already. Second Kings. Go to Proverbs, keep going toward Genesis. Second Kings, chapter 6. You see, it, it should make sense to you that life can't make sense apart from the Creator. How could it make sense? can't make sense. In 2 Kings, we have something that's very similar to today. Israel was being attacked by Aram, which is today we call Syria. Very similar. This is 3,000 years ago. More than 3,000 years ago. Same kind of stuff going on. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8... These terrorist attacks would break out all the time. Israel was a godly nation. Syria was trying to destroy Israel. And they'd come over the border and they'd try to find him and they'd try to attack him. Well, let's look down to verse 8. Now the king of Aram, or Syria, was at war with Israel. After conferring with his offers, he said, I will set up camp in such and such a place. In other words, he said, I'm going to go over this hill and I'm going to camp right here. And when Israel comes by, we're going to pounce on them. And so the king says, here's where we're going. Get your men. Go to that place. Go to that hill. Go to that valley. And when they come by, we're going to get them. Verse 9. Now the man of God, this is the prophet, sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place. Let's just say that the king said, I'm going over here to 192 in Minton. We're going to have there and we're going to have a terrorist attack. When they walk through in 192, we're going to wipe them out. So the prophet of God called the king of Israel and he sent a messenger to him. He says, don't go to 192 in Minton. Because there's going to be a, an attack on you there. Pretty neat, huh? So they take a by road. Well, look at verse 10. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha, which was the man of God, warned the king. So that he was on his guard in such places. So this just didn't happen once. The next time the guy says, well, you go up to 95 and 192. We're we'll getting them that time. 
God spoke to the prophet said, don't go to 995 and 192. You can't do that. And he didn't go there. And so the Syrian king is at all these places, and Israel is never there. Well, look at 11. This enraged the king. He summoned his officers and demanded them. So what he says is this. Who's the snitch in our camp? Somebody here is playing James Bond. They're going, and they're telling Israel every move I make. Verse 12. As he got his men together, all his, all his soldiers got together, his leaders, he says this. Here, here's their response to him. King, none of us basically are your spies. But Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel, I like it, the very words you speak in your bedroom. <laughs> How about if we played that last night for... What, what he's saying here is this. Well, well, how does this happen? Does Elisha have a wiretap in the bedroom? I mean, is there a small video cam? What is he talking about? No, what he says is this. God knew everything. So God comes to the prophet and he says this. Elisha, here's where the king's going next. Tell Israel, don't go there. And they wouldn't go there. And the king got mad. And so the next time, God was in the bedroom again. And he put his ear to the wall. And he heard the king say to his wife, we're going over to 95 and 192 tomorrow. And God hurried up and got on his horse and found Elisha. Is that how it happened? No. See, God, God is God. Do you know as you sit here tonight, there isn't a thing that God doesn't know going through your mind right now. He knows absolutely everything. The scripture goes on and says this, Verse 13, king says, well, go find out where that guy is, Elisha. And you bring him back to me so I can capture him. Send me and I can capture him, bring him back to me. They said, well, he's in Dothan, not Alabama. Verse 14. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. So they were going to capture Elisha. They found out where he was. They're going to stop this. They didn't understand it was God. They just thought they couldn't understand how Elisha could have that information. But they were going to stop it. Verse 15. Now, when the servant of the man of God, in other words, Elisha's servant, got up the next morning, you know, he got up and poured himself a strong cup of coffee, and double latte or whatever, and it says he went out early the next morning, checked, and he, he looked up. You know, you know how you go out in the backyard, and all of a sudden he looked up, and there were horses and chariots surrounding the whole city. Well, that caused you to drop your coffee quick. And he ran back in, and basically in our terms today, he said this to Elisha, we're through. It's over. The enemy has totally surrounded us. I don't know how they got here. They must have snuck in during the night. I don't know what happened to God. How come God didn't tell us? He's been telling you all the rest of this stuff. How come we're done with? Look at verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And you can imagine this servant saying, say what? There's a few of us in this house. Elijah, you come out and step on the hill, my friend. Take a look. And look what he does in verse 17. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and 
chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, God didn't go, whoops, I'm too late. When the Syrian army came that night, God said this to some of the angels, a boy's got a little trip for you. Here's where you're going, Dothan. And so when, you'll have to read the rest of the story, I don't have time tonight, you can get it, it's a great ending. The servant came out, and Elisha said this, God opened his eyes, that he can see the real world. There's more of us than them. Really, there only had to be one of them. One angel would have wiped them all out. Here's what I'm praying for us. Listen to me. I'm praying as we go through this book of Proverbs, God will do what? Open our eyes. There's more of them. They're out there. Tonight, some of you walked in with trouble. You're saying, Pastor Mark, there's more of them people in my life than I could ever handle. That's track. But if your eyes would be open, there's more of us than them. Us means angels. They're around. You say, Pastor Mark, I don't have the wisdom. Well, it's time to get smart. Time to get wise. It's time for us to see who God really is. God's going to change our lives as we go through this book. He's going to change your life tonight. So here's, here's what I want you to do. As a Christian, I want you to begin praying as we move. We'll do about seven or eight verses next week. Then we'll speed up. But I want you to think about, you have to have a willing heart. God, when, when you show it to me, i got to understand it's there. Now, let me tell you one more thing and then we're through. Not only is it time for Christians to wise up, it's time for unbelievers to wise up. You see, real wisdom always starts with a relationship with God. The true wise man or woman is the one who fears the Lord and commits their life to Him. Listen to me. There's absolutely no way for you here tonight, if you're an unbeliever, listen, to do life right. You cannot do it. It doesn't make sense. And the only way you'll find satisfaction and peace in your life and direction in your heart is for you to say, God, I need you to send the Holy Spirit into my life. How does that happen? You have to admit you're a sinner. You have to ask God to come into your life. Now, some of you are here, and you might be just, it's just as smooth as can be through your life right now. You don't have any problems, but I guarantee you, or you'll come across them. And when you do, you'll call out for God. Why not start with Him tonight in your life? You're not here by accident. God wants to change your life. Some of you are here with big problems. And you say, well, when I get my life straight, then I'm coming to God. You can forget it. Because you'll never get your life straight. You can't get it straight without God. Here's what we're going to do. In a moment, we're going to pray. If you need God, if you need your heart changed, if you want to become a Christian tonight, if you want to start learning to do life right, that means you're going to have to admit you need God. Admit you're a sinner. Not about religion. It's about Jesus Christ. Pastor Mark told us in today's message that the only way a person can truly understand God's Word is to become a Christian and have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Without this relationship, they can't do life right. We learned the real wisdom always begins with a right relationship with God. The truly wise person is the one who fears the Lord and commits their life to Him by faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4001. And the title of this message is It's Time to Wise Up. Again, today's message number is 4001. And the title of this message is It's Time to Wise Up. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue with a series of teachings from the book of Proverbs. Pastor Mark will give us insight on what exactly is the key to everything. He will remind us that the Proverbs are for discipline. They instruct us and correct us in our everyday life. But they give us understanding also to be able to discern what's true from what's false. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear Your lessons for this.